Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 141. Pete and Tom do Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. It's kind of funny. It's called Pete and Tom did Disney, but Matt's still here. <laughs> We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we're back from Disney, and uh, let me tell you, the Disney depression is real and has set in. I have never seen Pete look worse. No offense, Pete. He he does have a slight cold that I think he picked up from his child this week. Well, I don't think it's the Rona from Disney. I did not did not come from Disney. No, my my child definitely brought it home from school. So, but anyway, yeah, Pete, we we hop on the podcast to do it tonight, and yeah, Pete looks. He looks rough, but where he's still here, he's powering through. So, I mean, and we're recording this a week exactly to the day from when we got down to Disney. So memories are still fresh in our heads. My body is still recovering from the abuse that I put it through. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, to relive all the memories. And so just to give you guys kind of an overview of what, what we're going to talk about uh, this episode, we're going to do kind of a general overview of the trip. We're going to get a lot more in depth and actually kind of go day by more day by day over on the Patreon. That'll be our next couple of episodes. We'll get a lot more in depth of what exactly we did, what exactly we saw, all that all that good stuff. But this episode will give you a general overview of uh, of everything. If you are interested in the rest of the story, uh, please make sure you go visit us at Patreon.com/slash WDW. Anything to say before we uh, before we move on? Yeah, I like to say that I don't have Disney withdrawal because I wasn't there. Um, I had. A- I had a good time kind of living through you guys, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, maybe maybe one of these days I'll get to go with you guys, but I guess I'm just, um, I don't know which Huey, Dewey, or Louie um, would, what I would be, but whichever one's the least cool one is what I am. Well, you've got on a red shirt right now, so I think that's Huey, right? That's Huey. Or Dewey. Or I don't remember. It's been, it's been a <laughs> while. One of them was green, one of them was blue, one of them was red, right? We could yes. go Ninja Turtles, too. You could be Raphael. Well, Raphael's the best, but he's not Disney. So we're going to stick with um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. All right. Well, so Huey, Dewey, and Louie, let, let's, uh, let's, let's pause for just a second and hear from King of Strollers, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to talking about our trip, because I know that's what you guys are interested in. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. 
Okay, so on to the trip, and uh, just a brief recap. We went down Wednesday evening, stayed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and uh, returned home on Sunday. That was kind of the schedule for our trip. We all kind of arrived at different times from different places, but uh, but I think the, the big surprise for us... Tom, you want to you talk about where we stayed a little bit? Yeah, so... As Pete mentioned, we were all coming in from, from different places, different times, but we all were going to be there Wednesday. And it was critical that we at least had a room on Disney property for Wednesday because Pete would be, well, two of our two of our buddies would be flying in and needing, you know, Magical Express. It just saves you the Uber drive or the Uber, the Uber cost. But I don't know, Pete, maybe a week out from the trip, not even, you called and said, hey, I found a vacation. Um, a room that was already reserved at Bay Lake that someone is selling, uh, Disney Vacation Club. It was a two-bedroom suite, which with the group we had, we had my wife, myself, Pete, and a couple of buddies. You know, we needed the space anyway. And you said this is kind of a no-brainer. I, I mean, we got the room for roughly 25% of the cost around there, Pete? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we initially had planned to stay over at the uh, cabins at Fort Wilderness, which would have been great, you know. It's they're nice cabins. They they would have been probably big enough for all of us. But this came up. Yeah, I mean, we averaged three hundred something bucks a night for a two bedroom suite at, at Bay Lake Tower. I mean, you, you don't beat that. So ended up staying there. The room was gorgeous. Great, great location, close to Disney property. Uh, I I couldn't say enough about it. Very very nice room. You know, I want to make one comment. And this does kind of relate to Matt and our Disney trip. So the only catch with us getting this room was the reservation was from the Wednesday we checked in until like Tuesday, September 22nd. And we all had to leave on Sunday. There there were no ands of buts about it. We all had to be back for work or family reasons. And so we called Matt and said, hey, there's two free rooms at Bay Lake. <laughs> we'll we'll give, you a, give you our magic man. You got to buy park tickets, but you at least can stay. And I, I really thought we were going to get you, Matt. I hate that you couldn't make it work. Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm always y'all's last resort on who goes to Disney with you. And it was kind of like, hey, you know what, Matt? We have this, we have this nice, this nice room. If you and your wife can go, you know, on like a, a, a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, you know, just take work off, you know, drive a couple hours to get down here, take an extra day to drive home, and you know what? Like, don't worry. All you have to pay is for the park. And by the way, I've listened to all the podcasts, guys. I know the park kind of isn't very appealing right now. So I wasn't going to be like, hey, let's uproot everything, take a couple of vacation days, spend a couple thousand bucks potentially. Because um, you can't go to Disney and not do it right. I'm not going to take my wife just to drag her around for ride after ride after ride. But I do appreciate the thought. Um, I'm just glad that um, I wish I was the last resort. And y'all just hit me up and said, hey, Matt, here's, the, here's our chopped livers. You want some now? Now, to be fair, you were the first phone call that we made. And to be fair, we all we always invite Matt on our trips, and he can't make it happen. And in this case, I mean, I think many people would have gotten in the car and driven down, and I think you would have too if circumstances were different. I understand you couldn't get off work, and and kind of your schedule at home. It was, but it was last minute for us to have this room. So of course, Correct. it was last minute to you too. I and mean, we learned the day we called you probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, it was I, it was with within a couple hours of that that we called you. 
I'm, sure. I'm 100 percent i was the first call and like literally i told my wife like i really wanted to do it but when we started thinking about it it was just like it didn't make sense practically and we've had a lot going on so yeah wednesday night ended up just hanging out at the hotel room a couple of us got in early i i went over to the springs and ate uh, polite pig and i'll tell you the food was good but it wasn't 50 dollars good it was about 20 dollars good so about about half what i paid for it good um but I mean, you know, Disney prices, it was okay. Still doesn't doesn't beat the best barbecue uh, in Central Florida. And, of course, that's Flame Tree. So, I'll tell you, I was really discouraged. And, and I'll go ahead and go into this point. At one point, it looked like my wife and I were going to be in town, I don't know, maybe like 4.30 p. Because I remember talking about picking you up from the airport or going to get groceries that evening. Because in the in the room we had, we had a full kitchen and did utilize that for, for uh, cooking some meals. And so... I didn't know where the night would lead us. I know at one point I was even planning on going into Animal Kingdom. I was going to be there so early. But, you know, I, I told Pete, maybe we do some a dinner somewhere. And I have always wanted to try Polite Pig. And my, my schedule changed. I, I wasn't able to get into like 11 o'clock that night. And Pete and one of our buddies went to Polite Pig. And it was kind of the same commentary, right? Pretty good barbecue, fun atmosphere, not worth 50 bucks. I will tell you, we went after Polite Pig, and, and it was pouring down rain when we were at Polite Pig, which is kind of a theme to our weekend. It, it poured a lot over the weekend, which is really the first time I've been to Disney that it's that I've gotten rained out from anything. But anyway, poured down rain at Polite Pig, so we sat undercover outside at Polite Pig until it stopped raining, and then went over to the boathouse. And uh, the boathouse was, was slam-packed, but they did have their outdoor bar open. It had some outdoor seating, and so we were able to go out there and... Uh, had some great interactions with the cast members working there and, and had some great uh, great drinks at the boathouse. So that also is what I was jealous about. And when you guys called me from the boathouse, I got the sense you were all ha- having a great time. Had a good time. Had a very good time. And, if, and of course, you know, my, my whole thing was, hey, I'm going to be in Central Florida. I'm going to be at the hotel by 530 on the balcony overlooking Bay Lake. Because, by the way, we did have a lake view. Uh, drink in hand. And I, you know, one, one final point I just want to make about the hotel, the, the views are absolutely incredible from, from this hotel. I mean, we were top floor overlooking Bay Lake, the elevator. I mean, you had a view of Magic Kingdom spaceship or, or excuse me, Space Mountain was so close that you felt like you could reach out and touch it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the hotel either. That definitely was a highlight of the trip. I, and I would say this trip maybe more than any of the other ones was full of highlights and some, some not so highlights. And I don't know if that's because we're a little spoiled and going to Disney as often as we, we do, or if I kind of set expectations to a point that were un, unattainable for this trip um, due to some things we'll, we'll, we'll probably touch on this episode and go in, in real depth on the Patreon. But um, so, yeah, that was, I mean, you did. You did Disney Spring. You did Disney Springs and said it was it was packed, even in the yeah. It was still. it it was it was very crowded. And and again, this will be a theme to our trip. I, you know, I I think talking about some of the unrealistic expectations that we had. You know, you guys had just been down there a couple of weeks prior, right? And the parks were were very much empty. Uh, that was not the case at Disney Springs. Certainly, I mean, Disney Springs was as crowded as I've ever seen it. Tons tons of people out there. You know, not to the point where they stopped letting people in, but all the restaurants were full. We actually were looking, we were sitting over at the hotel looking for dinner reservations and, and really couldn't find anything at the at Disney Springs until like 
and this was at six o'clock. So just to kind of give you an idea, and this was on a uh, on a Wednesday night. So that kind of gives you an idea how crowded it it truly was there. So went to bed that night, probably too late. Got up too early the next morning, and uh, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, and and this was probably my second most anticipated day, but I probably had the biggest pit in my stomach going into this day because. I don't want to say the day would have, would have been ruined had we not landed a boarding pass or a, gr- a boarding pass boarding group and gotten called, but I knew it was a big part of the day because so so spoiler alert we did get a boarding group we did get called yeah and I and I appreciate a few of you who did reach out to us on Twitter and make sure that we got one because on the trip with my wife and I I was tweeting a lot more in the parks and and mentioned that we did get a boarding group but unfortunately they didn't get to our number. We, yeah, we, we did get a, uh, Pete actually, you, we both were on the app and you said, Hey, Tom, you take it. But Pete's phone was running a little bit quicker. So, so he got the boarding group and let me give you an example of how crazy this is. We were standing in a vicinity. We just done Slinky Dog, which we'll talk about, but we were standing in a vicinity of maybe two or three other families. So, so let's say three families, two of us got boarding groups wildly different times. And then the other family of four didn't get it. And they, we all literally were on our phones at the same time. Within 30 seconds, they were completely sold out. Maybe not even 30 seconds, maybe quicker. It's kind of, and you feel bad. I mean, you feel bad because you had a family of four with two little ones who I was like, man, you know, my wife and I can give them our boarding group, but that doesn't get the whole family on. And so, I don't know. I would be, we've been pretty spoiled to get boarding groups. At least I have every time I've been in Hollywood Studios. And to get through it, right? I mean, we, we, uh, the ride was running very well. Uh, it went down a couple of times during the day, but I, I want to say they made it through almost fifty boarding groups that day, which is which is unusual now. Without giving spoilers, because Matt hasn't ridden it, a lot of our listeners haven't ridden it. So try to describe your feelings toward Rise of Resistance without any spoilers to the actual attraction. I'll say it's it's worth all the hype, like all the. All the stuff that people go through to try to ride it, it's worth all the hype. And we actually had a guy with us who had never watched a ride through video, didn't know any, didn't know even what the ride was, had no clue other than it was a Star Wars ride. And uh, he was uh, completely speechless when he got off the ride. He, he had nothing he could say. Um, so, so I, I think it's the hype is very real. You know, I, I think. And, and this is kind of the way I'll describe it. An attraction that was was having people show up at the park f- at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m., if it's not the real deal, that eventually would stop, and it didn't stop. Disney had to make a stop to it by the way they released boarding passes. And what I'll compare it to is, yeah, there was a huge opening for Toy Story Land, and Hollywood Studios desperately needed Toy Story Land. And I don't want to say the hype has died down because it's still a very crowded part of the park, but... You know, you didn't see the love that Rise of Re- the craziness that Rise of Resistance was. And then in even more recent news, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You know, big opening day crowds for sure. Definitely the, the queue will get out 100 plus minutes. But no one was showing up to Hollywood Studios with that in mind. They're showing up to Hollywood Studios to get a, a Rise of Resistance boarding pass. And that's just is a secondary item they can do. So it, it's, so let's, it's the real let's deal. Hit- yeah, I think so. So let's let's hit the highlights of uh, of Hollywood Studios again. I'm we're not going to do a blow by blow of the trip really here. We will uh, we'll do that on our Patreon. But um, you know, highlights 
all, really all the rides, everything that we wanted to ride, we 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 got to ride. Aside um, from Tower of Terror. Aside from Tower of Terror, uh, got hey, into Pete, Ogas. Pete, I got a question for you, real quick. Um, how was the great movie ride? Did you get to do that? Uh, we we did we did not get to do the great movie ride because it is in fact I don't know if I know it's changed a lot since you've been last, but the great movie ride is closed. Um, I I don't I don't want to get into the Mickey and Minnie's train wreck story here. We'll talk about it on the Patreon. We did ride Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway to my chagrin. Um, and I'll just say it wasn't, a, it wasn't a very positive experience for anyone involved. And we'll leave so it So I'll, I'll put it like this. I think the cast members were great. Yes. Yes. Cast members, cast members work in the queue were phenomenal, but my overall experience, my overall perception of the ride were, were very negative. So what did we do that night? Got pizza and went back to the room. So, yeah, there's the a there, pizzeria Italia. I keep giving them shout outs with the hopes that they'll one day hear of me. But yeah, we, we drove to Pizzeria Italia because they don't deliver. They don't deliver to Magic Kingdom area. What what was the comment that you made when we got to Pizzeria Italia? So so the the comment was that I wish I had never seen what what it actually looked like. But what was the comment everyone else made when they ate the pizza? I mean, incredible pizza. The pizza was phenomenal. No question about it. He, what we did, so yeah, we got pizza. There was a Thursday night football game on, and so we kind of posted up and watched that. And and truthfully, Friday was our is going to be our earliest morning on this trip because we're while we are close to the Magic Kingdom, you know, we still want to want to get into the Magic Kingdom early. So we had a pretty low key night. I mean, probably stayed up too late because the football game kept getting close again. And yep, uh, yep. and then called it called it a night, and and we walked over to Magic Kingdom on Friday morning. Yeah, and, and let me tell you the the walk from uh, from Bay Lake Tower over to Magic Kingdom, you can do it in seven minutes if you're pushing it, uh, because I've done it, and I've not only did I do it, I did it carrying forty pounds worth of Legos, so, so uh, you could probably do it quicker than that. The walk from Bay Lake to Magic Kingdom is awesome. The walk back is so miserable, and I don't know why it is. It's like the the Hot. sun hits you in a different Hot. direction or something. Yeah. Beating but, down on the back of your neck. You know, we, we went to Magic Kingdom, and, and again, we're not going to go step by step, but the main main part of the day, we really want to ride Splash Mountain. We don't know how, how much, you know, we don't anticipate it going away anytime soon, but you never know. And it was broken down, right? We walked into the park, and they cast members pretty much told us, like, we don't want you to waste your day in here. There are a lot of short queues in the park. Go do that. This will, It will open at some point. We're running tests, but we just don't know when. By the time we made our decision to get out of line, Big Thunder had just taken all the the overload po- people, and Big Thunder's queue was probably 30 minutes for us, but it got up to, I think, 70. 65 or 70, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, too, that one, one, of the, one of the people with us made the comment that we somehow managed to choose the most crowded park every single day that we were there on our trip, and that was very true. My wife said that. The only day we didn't choose the most crowded park was Sunday. And and I'll you know I'll remind you that there is no fast pass, so typically, you know I wouldn't I don't wait in lines typically. It just well, there's no park happen. hopper either, and there's and there's no park hopper either. So if you choose the wrong park, it's not like you can say, ah, eh, well we'll just we'll just go over to Epcot for the day, or we'll go over to Animal Kingdom. You're stuck where you are. So one thing I will say really quickly, um, Tom, I didn't even know your wife was on that trip. No picture I saw included your wife. It was just a lot of pictures of the guys kind of hanging out. Who do you think was taking them? I mean, 
maybe Tom's wife was the one taking all the pictures, but I didn't see a single picture of Tom and his wife. I didn't see a single picture of any any woman there. I'll, I'll have to talk to your wife. Be like, Tom hid you. He, no one even knew you were there. No. So yeah, I don't know how Matt missed that my wife was there, but here's the here's what happened in Magic Kingdom, and this is another theme for uh, for our Animal Kingdom day. We just happened to be in the flow of the crowd. Like, we went Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Pirates. If we would have done Space, if we would have done, uh, if we would have done Seven Dwarf Space, Haunted Mansion, we would have been away from the crowd. But everyone had really similar ideas to us. And so we constantly found ourselves in longer queues than we should have been in. But I, I'm not used to waiting in lines. I, I, if I'm honest, I hate waiting in line. I will say this about Magic Kingdom. It was not too crowded to the point where we could we were not able to ride if we wanted to every attraction in the park. And I mean Well, because because we Peter left Pans. after lunch. Right. We left after lunch because when you at least the way we looked at it when you stay in a place like Bay Lake and it's that close to the park, you need to you, you need to go and relax in the resort a little bit. Check out the pool. You're walking distance from the park. This is where I wish Magic Kingdom was open 9 to 9. Because you go in at 9 a.m., you leave by 1, you go back in at 4, you still have five hours. Well, and, and we did go back. I mean, right? But we, you we have went four back six. In, we went back in 4 to 6. But we were able to ride Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, and Space Mountain in that and time seven, frame. And Seven Doors. And Seven Doors Mine Train. That yeah. two so, hours was a really good stretch. It was, it, was a good, it was a good stretch. That's something else to look at with these parks. The last hour to two that they're open, it's probably the best time to be there. Yeah, because people have decided. Okay, I've done everything I want to do today, but I would actually say the highlight of our Friday is not Magic Kingdom. The highlight of our Friday was where we had dinner. Yeah, over at uh, over the Riviera, top of the Inner's Terrace, and, and we'll we'll get into more detail on that on the uh, on the Patreon. But but I will say that uh, definitely worth getting the reservation. Definitely worth going over there. Uh, the resort's beautiful, and the food was great. That about sum it up. I think the resort is the nicest resort that doesn't feel like Disney that I've been to at Disney. Like, I, I went and kind of explored the resort. I got there a little bit early for dinner. You, th- you think nicer than Grand Floridian? No, no, no. But I think Grand Floridian feels like Disney. Like, I have childhood memories of being at Grand Floridian. It's because this gotcha. is brand new to me. Because this is brand new. And I and I, I had no expectations for it. I have no memories of Disney, no character dining, thought, nothing. It just felt like, it just felt like I was kind of out with... With friends at a at a nice resort, nice place to be. So after entirely too much food and drink at uh, Topolino's Terrace, we had our Epcot day on Saturday. I I, I I don't I don't want to come across as too negative here, but I don't really know what nice to say about Saturday other than if you go to Epcot, be prepared to wait in line for literally everything. If you want to go to the bathroom, if you want to get a Coke, if you want to get a drink, if you want to get into the pavilions, be prepared to wait in line. You know, this is um, – if you if you had a chance to listen to our Dollywood episode on the Patreon, we talked about some of the food and drink booths being very limited and Pete mentioning having to wait an hour for like a soda. And I probably ass- – I don't remember, but I think I probably assured him, oh, that's not going to be the problem at Disney. Without going into too much detail, we had to wait an hour to get into the Mexico Pavilion. You know, an hour after park opened. We, we entered International Gateway. We, we took our time to get into Epcot because 
you know, we're like, okay, we're, we're, our main task is the World Showcase. We'll ride some rides. It it was more crowded than I ever remember seeing Epcot. And that includes, you know, a Saturday food and wine with no capacity restrictions on the park. Look, I mean, I was at Epcot New Year's Eve and it was that level crowded. Now, and what I, I'll say I is, don't, it, I don't, it wasn't I don't like, see how they're limiting capacity, I guess. The, is, is well, what I'm the walkways to say. weren't crowded to a point where you were like body to body. And and the reason it appeared to be so crowded is because they have socially distanced lines to do anything, to get in anywhere. So, you know, at one point they said at the Mexico Pavilion, we, we actually don't have room for you to even get into, queue, into the queue. So they are leaving walkways open, but I mean, it just creates, it creates an experience that you don't want to brag about Disney. And I see Matt, maybe you got a question, Matt. Yeah, real quick. I don't want to take you guys off this, but I mean, just the difference I think that you told me between last trip you went and this trip. Night and day. Like I actually was concerned and I can remember calling. I don't remember if it was Pete or one of our buddies or, or Matt, if it was you and just saying the energy feels weird. Like we're in the, we, my wife and I were in the UK pavilion you know, in August and we were the only people in there and the park had been open an hour and you hear the bartenders talking and you hear like noise outside, but there's nothing. It's dead. So I was on the phone with Pete at one point. I said, guess where I'm standing right now? The UK pavilion. He couldn't believe you were it. in, you were in Rose and crown. I was in I Rose think. and crown and Pete's like, yeah. there's no noise. I said, there's no one in here. It's just, it's just me and my wife and she's in the bathroom. And so to go from that to what we, and, and I did Canada far and wide with my wife. I told Pete, there was like eight total people in the theater. This one, we had to wait a show to see it. So it was just because these the the throughput on these attractions very much it considers a full ride, a full train, a full soaring. They can't do that right now. So not only are you socially distanced in a line, so it looks longer, they're putting maybe half capacity on. I don't know what their capacity is, but maybe half. I mean, in Canada far and wide, they had at least half of the rows blocked off. It, it's it's brutal. The lines are the lines are long, and and they're they're shorter than they look, but they're still long. I mean, I waited longer to get drinks to get food in line for the one ride that we rode on on Saturday than I've ever waited for anything at Epcot ever. Even I mean, even even dead middle of food and wine on a Saturday, you don't wait you don't wait that long. And and that was the disappointing thing, and I didn't realize this until today. We skipped Norway. I feel like we skipped we skipped Norway. Was that the only germ? That was, no, we didn't. No, no we, that was the that only was one. Yeah. That was the only one. Yeah, because because one of my buddies was like, "Oh, did y'all did y'all get the school bread?" And I was like, "No." And we skipped Norway because the but line, your wife your wife did go get a school bread. Okay, but but for the most part, the rest of the group we went straight to China. We did. I mean, the the frozen line was eighty five minutes. The line to get in to get anything was thirty people deep at Norway, and we just and, said we're not going to do this. And this is the thing: we got to a point in the World Showcase, and I remember asking Pete, "Do you do you want to stop doing this and go ride attractions?" And his response was, "Well, every every ride is sixty minutes plus, except living with the land, which is thirty. What, what would you rather stand here? Like, would you rather stand there, or at least be out in the World Showcase?" And then we decided you know, this is probably more fun. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll Very, talk more about Epcot for sure on the Patreon because I think that's there's more to this story. 
Very, very frustrating day. And look, it's not the cast member's fault. I can, I can tell you, we went into La Cava and I have never seen guys working harder than I, than I have in La Cava. And so really a shout out to those guys, getting people in, getting them drinks and getting them out quickly. The problem is there's only five of them working, whereas normally there's like 12. Right. And, 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 yeah. and so it's just, it doesn't work. And, and I will say the last trip, the only, mask issue I guess I saw was the guy who pulled his mask off to sneeze, which still cracks me up. This time we we did see a little Disney freak out with a I guess a woman who thought she should be able to have her mask off. And the cast members again just doing their job, but but she unloaded on them and then unloaded they didn't have tables available inside of inside of the Mexico pavilion. And I understand if you wait that long to get in the frustration, but at the end of the day, there's plenty of tables outside in Epcot. Just take your things. You've already got your order. You've got your food. Go outside. And we we had to move several times too because we were standing in walkways or standing too close to walkways or too close to a trash can or or whatever. And so it is difficult because they've taken all the tables out. There, I mean, I actually saw a guy walking out of the uh, out of La Cava balancing a couple of shots of tequila, complaining that. Uh, what he was going to do if somebody knocked the drink out of his hand that he had just waited an hour and a half in line to get. So, and I, I felt his pain. I felt his pain. So, I mean, that was Epcot. Long lines for everything, rides, drinks, food, what have you. And, and then really and, the most negative experience that I've ever had at Disney happened that night. And, you know, we, we got back to the hotel in time to uh, to go down to the pool. We ordered some pizza and kind of hung out at the resort before that. And then Saturday night, I watched a little bit of college football, but we, we called it an early night because, again, we all had to travel home Sunday. And so you're talking to get the car packed, uh, get the, the the guys who are flying, get their bags organized, and uh, get ready to leave on Sunday. But our last day was Animal Kingdom. And this, you know, it, it is, again, it's kind of the theme of what I mentioned earlier. We were going with the crowd too often, and we got there at opening, went to Flight of Passage, Entire entire park was at Flight of Passage. If we would have done it a little bit in reverse and maybe gone Expedition Everest first, it, it would have probably been a more pleasant park day. Obviously, at a Satuli Canteen, I, I don't want I mean, there's not a ton to tell you about Animal Kingdom because the skies absolutely opened up. Yeah, we and, left, we ended up, we ended up leaving early. And again, Satuli Canteen was probably the most, the most second negative experience that I've ever had at a Disney park. So uh, and and it did, didn't involve me directly, but just the way that uh, people were being treated outside of Satuli. Yeah, so so I can tell you, I can talk a little about this because Pete was already inside. So the way mobile ordering works at Disney right now, you cannot go in the counter service restaurants with your mobile order until it's ready, which makes sense. You don't want to have a ton of people standing in line. But, you know, when it's pouring like it is and you have families with three-year-olds and under, to not let them stand under the you know the outdoor seating area that's covered while they wait for their order to be prepared was was pretty ridiculous to me. I mean these kids don't understand why they have to sit in the point right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the parents probably should have brought a poncho, whatever. But at the end of the day, they don't have one and I don't think there'd be a single person that would complain about letting a family stand under that when the skies are absolutely opening up. And then the thing that just rubbed me the wrong way was, you know, they had this guy with a with a like basically like a megaphone, one of the little speakers outside saying that you cannot enter the patio area or the restaurant when until your order is prepared. However, we will let one member of your party come in if you'd like to purchase ponchos. Like, 
that felt very slimy to me. And again, I, I just don't understand what was the issue with letting that lady take her five-year-old and three-year-old under the, you know, under the overhead, oh, under the patio area for five minutes while they waited for their meal. I mean, I mean, when I say it was downpouring, my wife and I both had rain jackets. My my rain jacket stopped working. I mean, water was coming through my rain jacket. What I will say really quickly is that I, I've kind of heard a little bit of these stories from both of you. I don't think I've talked to each of you at the same time. We haven't done a podcast since y'all went, but. I think that this this COVID thing, this you know, this lack of being able to have Disney operate at full capacity, and you know, Disney obviously losing some money. I mean, it's showing showing true colors in a lot of different areas of life, not just at Disney. I think that you know, there's a lot of precautions people are taking, you know, for right or for wrong, but just the way people are doing things that just you know, the humanity of it doesn't seem to be there sometimes. And I think that's kind of what you're talking well- about. And here's the thing, like, I I didn't think, this hit me afterwards, there was a family trying to get a selfie in front of uh, Spaceship Earth on our exit, and I just offered, hey, would you like my wife or I to take a picture of you guys? And they looked at me like I was crazy. I didn't think about it at the time. It's it's because they don't want me to touch their phone, right? And this family that had the, the children crying, I could have offered them my rain jacket. They wouldn't have accepted it because, you know, they don't know me. And so the, it, I don't know. It just felt there were some times, and and Pete. The only reason when Pete says we left early, our buddy had to catch flight. My wife and I had to leave, but Pete was going to stay. And and we had a fast pass, but what we thought we did that we were going to use. And but I mean, it was just pouring rain. I mean, pouring rain. The fun part yeah. was doing Expedition Everest in the pouring rain. I did enjoy that. That that was that was interesting. That was interesting. But you know, just kind of a overall summary, like. I, I'm not going to go back until things change. And that's really, I guess, tells you how, how I, how bad I felt it was that me, who's always excited to get down there, like, I'm not going to go back under the current situation, I guess. So I'll say two things on that point. One, this is not just a Pete waiting to get spent his money. He had a, a, a trip planned for December. He's canceled it. I, and, and then the other thing I would say, I, I know this probably has sounded like a negative episode so far. And again, has nothing to do with the cast members that are working in Disney. We had, I probably had a more positive experience with cast members than I ever have. And the, the cast, they, the cast members like the fact that you're there. The cast members like interacting with you. This is, this is strictly a Disney management issue. The, the parks are being poorly managed right now. The cast members are doing their damnness. They're doing the absolute best that they can to keep people happy, keep the crowds flowing, but it's just, it's not possible for them to do right now. I mean, you've got, you've got managers, not supervisors, not, not area leaders. You've got managers that are out directing traffic. I mean, you, you saw that the woman who runs the UK pavilion was directing traffic in the UK pavilion. That tells you how short staffed they are right now. And we talked to a cast member in our queue at Flight of Passage, and she said, look, we don't know. I mean, this is a manager-level person for Pandora. She said, we don't know how much longer it's going to be like this, but I have to manage this queue inside because we actually don't have anyone else to do it. So I just do this all day, which then means an experience somewhere else that a manager would typically diffuse. There's not a manager to diffuse it. It, it truly is a mess from a cast member standpoint. Again, not the actual job they're doing, 
but the tools Disney's given them to, to they're not equipped to do their job. Well, they're also trying to enforce people standing apart. I absolutely refuse to call it social distancing. I hate that term, but they're, they're trying to enforce the distancing. They're trying to enforce the mass. They're trying to enforce people sanitizing their hands on top of all this other stuff that they have to deal with. And again, they're doing the absolute best that they can. I, I, I very rarely have a negative experience with a cast member. I can count actually three times that I've had negative experiences with cast members at a, at a Disney park. Um, and, and, so these these guys and girls are doing the absolute best they can, but Disney's just not equipping them right now, and it's just not it's not fun to see. And I think more of that too is just the fact that, unfortunately, for whatever reason, um, cast members at Disney, but also employees at other places, are having to be, you know, the sheriff, and that's just not something anyone feels anyone feels comfortable doing. Number one, but also the fact that people don't want you to be their sheriff. So, like, when you get put in that position, I think it's really, really difficult. And I hope that the cast members are getting proper training on this, but you guys can tell me more. But I feel like they're more scared of getting in trouble than they are of, you know, anything else. Here's the other issue, and I won't give the whole story here, but it do, it it's it doesn't go over well when maybe there's someone who doesn't know the rules, understand the rules, doesn't want to follow the rules – and there's another part guest trying to tell them what to do. Like, I I told my wife, I listen and I follow the rules of Disney. But if a part guest came up to me and told me I'm wearing my mask wrong, or like I'm I'm not giving them the time of day, and I'm and I'm probably gonna have an attitude with them because listen, yes. this is not yes. your not your park. You can't tell. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm, don't tell me what to do. Keep your space, right? And and there was a time where a cast member was overwhelmed with other requests. And it, a, a situation just escalated where this one family thought they were going to be the mask police for this other family. And I get it. The other family was not following the rules. They were in the wrong. But it's not your place to tell them to follow the rules. Let it just go tell like Disney. And that's the problem. There's not enough cast members to avoid that. I'm sure they happen much more than we even saw. But I just happen yeah. to be very close to one. And I mean, I... I mean, I was just glad I wasn't next to either of the families because I, I worried there was going to be a physical altercation. And we're spoiled too, right? I mean, look at look at our previous trips. How how often do you wait in line for anything with with being able to use Fast Pass as well as we do? You you don't. I don't. I miss Fast Passes. I didn't. I didn't realize that I missed them the last trip. I miss them now. Never thought I would say this, but like, I I do too, and it's. I, I don't know. I I've, I guess that we've we've gotten so spoiled from just bouncing from attraction to attraction to attraction, being able to stop, get food, get a drink, you know, keep hunting for fast passes, and then just go. You know, there's no downtime. You have a lot of downtime now. A lot of time waiting in rides, and I'm sure that if you pick, you know, if you pick your rides a little bit better than we did, you know, maybe you don't have the same experience that we did, but. Uh, but but I think that we I think that we've gotten spoiled. Well, and the other other point of this podcast, and one thing that I know we've we've gotten a lot of credit for, we are the out of state Disney park goer. Like most of you listening, we're not the person who who's a vlogger who does this for their living. We're not the person who lives in Central Florida or even Florida in general. We're all seven plus hours away from Disney, so we're trying to give you a a real look into how we felt going there and we're Disney nuts and we usually can make any, any type of situation at Disney, a positive one. I would say our, 
our time at Epcot, our time at Animal Kingdom were not overly positive. And for the most part, Hollywood Studios was great, but then you, we have something that, that didn't go so well. I think uh, Magic Kingdom was fine. I, there's really no issue with Magic Kingdom. That was We were just stubborn and wanted to ride Splash Mountain. That, that's what it comes down to. That's what we all wanted to do. Yep. But no, yeah, I, I mean, so. that's kind of the trip in a nutshell. I cannot express enough. If you can find a deal on DVC points, I don't know that you'll find one post-pandemic, but if you can find one, it's really worth it to uh, spend a little bit. I, this is a podcast. We we will evolve and adapt our opinions. We were one time saying Park Hopper was not necessary. Now we love it. I was one time saying I'd never spend more than saying at a value. And now, while I still like my value resort in Pop Century, I see the value that you can get from staying at a DVC resort or, or even a higher-end Disney resort. So as an out-of-state guest, and ignore the fact that you have an annual pass right now, would you, would you go back? No, and, I, and I've said this. No, I've said this. On, I said actually, I said this after my last trip that I would not go back without an annual pass. Now my reasoning was different. Last trip it was the energy, no nighttime entertainment, everything closes early, not everything's open. Now it it is pure park experience. For the hours they've allotted me, it's not worth the full ticket price. It's probably not worth seventy five percent of the ticket price. So my question now to Pete would be, how has this changed your thought process of getting the annual pass and you know, what are you going to, what, what are your plans? Are you waiting for this whole thing to end? Yeah. So I, I, uh, even if Disney were selling annual passes right now, I, I would not buy one. My, I've canceled my December trip already at this point and, uh, actually just, just got news that Disney canceled the marathon. So we're not going in January either. So the next two trips that I thought I had booked are not happening anymore. So no, I, I would be, I would be out on an annual pass, even despite that. If I could buy an annual pass right now, I wouldn't because the experience just isn't the same. You know, especially, and look, give you credit, not having park hopper sucks. I mean, it really sucks. And being stuck in a park, you know, I can think of our uh, our Epcot day. I can think of our Magic Kingdom day where, you know, we could have bounced over to another park for a little bit. Hollywood Studios even, we could have bounced somewhere else for a little bit. And you're not able to do that. Even the even not being able to go in, you know, make a dinner reservation at a park and, and do that. And then the hours. The hours absolutely suck. Actually, they've re-extended hours this week. So we were, I guess, the only week that they had shortened hours, right? So, um, yeah, that, that obviously stinks. Um, the other question I have for you, because I kind of lean on you with all my, like, DVC questions. Are DVC points, you know, depressed right now? Is now a good time to buy? I mean, will they expire? I mean, the things that we, we tell people to potentially do, is this a good opportunity now? It's like you're buying stocks. So so Disney, if you buy direct from Disney, Disney right now is, I want to say they're at $185 a point for uh, Riviera, and they're at like 200 and some dollars a point for Copper Creek. They are offering up to like $12 off a point. So, you know, there is an opportunity to buy there, but yeah, on the resale market, and I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day, the price of DVC points has gotten so depressed that Disney is actually stepping in and, and exercising their right of first refusal and not allowing some of these aftermarket sales to go through because they don't want to devalue the, the points that much. Um, now, that being said, they're... You can still get some some good deals. I mean, I'm talking you can buy points under $100 a point uh, for an existing contract. Now, you can also you know, do what we did and pick up a last-minute deal. A lot of the DVC rental sites 
have pre-booked deals that they're discounting because the the DVC members are kind of in a use it or lose it uh, point with these reservations. So these reservations are booked. If nobody uses them, they lose all their money. So them getting something for their uh, for their points is better than getting nothing, right? And that's how we were able to get this this two bedroom at Bay Lake for as cheap as we did. I mean, it was like I said, we we paid around four hundred dollars a night for for a room that is typically what sixteen hundred dollars a night, some somewhere yeah, around that or ballpark, take, something like that. So yeah, definitely, definitely some opportunity right now. Well, I think that's it. I think that's uh, the the overview of the trip. As Pete mentioned earlier, we are going to go in and and do maybe a couple episodes on on the parks. And I don't know if we're going to dedicate one to Bay Lake or or uh, what, but that'll be available on the Patreon. And uh, we're looking forward to doing those episodes. You know this this was a, a pretty good a pretty good rundown of what we did. But there's just some more in depth stories, maybe some what we think are funny things to share that uh, that occurred on the trip. All right. Well, trivia question secret for the week. What do you got? So secret of the night. Did you know the Beatles officially broke up at the Polynesian? Although the band had shown signs of breaking up beginning in 1969, the Beatles were not officially dissolved until December 29th of 1974. That was when John Lennon signed legal documents in his hotel room at the Polynesian Village Resort while he and his family were on Christmas holiday. Fun fun fact too. Did you know? Do you know where Richard Nixon gave his "I am not a crook" speech? Contemporary, right? At the Contemporary, yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of so, lot of history, huh? Yeah, there we go. That's uh, that, those are some cool Disney secrets. Pete with a little bonus one there. Trivia question from a couple of weeks ago, uh, prior to our trip. What does the Japanese pagoda, or why does it have five stories? Why does the Japanese pagoda have five stories? Well. The answer that a few got right, I'll have to give a shout out to one of our favorite listeners. She she did also get it right. Um, each represents one of the elements that Buddhists believe make up everything in the universe. So in ascending order, it is earth, water, fire, wind, and sky. So, Hence my Captain Planet uh, reference last last podcast. So um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I was I was wrong. I wasn't I wasn't right on this one. I thought it had something to do with the Karate Kid, because I just watched that Cobra Kai show on Netflix, but um, I, I was wrong, so I'm glad to be educated. Well, I hope none of you asked Matt for help on a trivia question. So going to the trivia question of this week, what does Disney do with the Grand Floridian gingerbread house at the end of the holiday season? I'll give you a hint. They do not throw it away. So... The question again, what does Walt Disney World do with the Grand Floridian Gingerbread House at the end of the holiday season? They do not throw it away. I think they crush it up and feed it to the pigs. At, are there pigs at Animal Kingdom? Somebody eats you can, it. You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at menduww at gmail.com with your guesses. I look forward to everyone participating. All right, that's all for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MenduWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.